Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey lady, welcome back. I have had the honor of holding a space and sharing and hearing others' stories throughout this podcast. My guests come on and they talk about their challenges and their struggles and the way that they've persevered and come out on in a different side and use that to empower and inspire other people. And today's guest is the epitome of that. I'm talking to Alana today and Alana is the founder of Carry You With Me. She's an author, she's a community builder, and she's a grief mentor. She has been walking the path of grief, her own journey, after losing her son, Marshall James. And she has turned her space, her life, her purpose into helping others navigate this as well. And we've talked about grief on here. We've talked about loss on here. And I just want you to go into this episode with an open mind to not judge yourself and to not place a hierarchy on what grief, loss, sadness, depth, trauma, what any of that is. I want you to listen to the words that Alana shares and just see how they can apply to you and your own individual journey. It's something that I share on the episode and we go in a little bit deeper in a way of um, speaking of my life experiences that I never have on a podcast before. But really this idea that What I feel and what I experience is not going to be the same as Alana or you or the person next to you, but that does not take away from your grief, sadness, experience, loss, all of it, your feelings, your emotions, like they all get to be here and whatever you are going through, there are people in this world that can help support you and guide you. And show you that you're not alone in your struggles and your grief, right? When I think of grief, um, it's a space where your world stops. When I have been deep in grief, my world stopped, stopped. But I think the most challenging part is the rest of the world doesn't stop, right? Like it might pause with you might drop in and kind of hang back with you. There might be some people that are close to you that are in that, but the world keeps spinning though you are stuck in a moment in time. To me, that's, that's how it felt. That's a visualization. Like that was that space and it's very lonely and it's very isolating and it's very hard. It's a very hard and challenging space. And that's why there are incredible souls like Alana that, come together and that hold a container to help facilitate that and to help walk you through that and to meet you where you are, to really meet you where you are. Because where you are today is going to be 
maybe different than where you are tomorrow or maybe in a minute that experience could be different and and that's a big passion of what Alana shares and the, a lot of the conversation that we share and we really dive into and we don't talk about this in the episode but I wanted to hold a space for it here before we dive in that breathwork has been something that has been really helpful for Alana and her journey and she speaks to this and because it has been so helpful and profound for her she asked if I could come into her very sacred container and share breathwork with her community and I was able to do just that last week and it was so incredible to be a witness to that experience for people who have maybe never breathed before and for a few that have um and it just felt so good and it felt so right to be able to honor that community. And so we are joining together. And on Tuesday, June 15th at 8 p.m. CST, we're going to be doing a workshop. It's a very low ticket offer. We just want it to be accessible, but we want to bring people together that are ready to learn how to navigate life after loss and use your breath to do so. Use tools that are so easy to do so and accessible to do because when you're in the depths of it and maybe your loss was recently and maybe it was 20 years ago maybe it was 50 years ago that grief doesn't go away that stays there right like your world just kind of expands around it but it takes up that same amount of space in your body and in your heart and in your soul And so to be able to offer tools and resources to help ground and process is my greatest gift that I can share with others and what I really, truly, truly wanted to be able to do. So if you're interested in joining us, let me know. Send me a message. Send Alana a message. All of her information is in the show notes. And that is going to be Tuesday, the 15th of June at 8 p.m. CST. All right. Open up your hearts, open up your ears and minds and just soak up the absolute light and love that is Alana. Alana, one thing that I really, really wish that we would have been recording when we talked a few, maybe a week ago was your share about your connection with breathwork and grief and you, your words were so beautiful. I don't remember if you even remember what you shared with me, but if there's anything that comes to the mind, why don't you just let it flow? Yes, I will try to remember how I <laughs> we should have we should have recorded then. That's okay. <laughs> um, but something along the lines of coming off of your breathwork series or introduction session and just reflecting on how important our breath is and how it changes or is different going through loss or trauma or grief and so for me what I was saying is that we lost our son at two weeks old over a decade ago and you know it completely turns your world upside down and changes who you are forever Um, but in those moments in that early really fear and anger and complete numbness when we were in the hospital and he was going through all these procedures and they were, you know, fighting to save his life. I felt my breath start to come out of me 
and I felt my whole chest start to restrict. And I can say that now in hindsight, right? In the moment, I didn't really know what was happening. Obviously, I was just kind of in shock. Um, but coming out after he passed away for weeks, months, I would say maybe even years, there was like this um, emptiness in my chest that like I could not fill and I felt his absence. And I really felt it on my chest. Um, but I also felt the weight of grief and loss and sadness pushing down on me. So it was this really weird constriction that I hadn't thought too much about until learning a little bit more about breathwork and thinking, wow, that was a crazy time where I was being emptied from the inside and I was feeling intense pressure from the outside. And just not, you know, being an expert in that area, thinking, what was the impact? Like, what was the additional layers of pain and suffering occurring from that? Your explanation just, I just feel that, like, I, and I don't feel the weight of your grief or that loss, but you just explaining that, I could just feel like I was being flattened out. Like I didn't have anywhere, I didn't have any room to be because there was something voiding me out in the inside and there was something crushing me in the inside. And it's just like a straw that you just like bend down and suddenly there's nothing there. Yes. Yeah. And that, and you're, it's, it just engulfs all of it because we do truly, truly hold on to those traumas and that grief and, and emotions. And I, we don't even have to go into a trauma space, but we just hold those emotions in certain spaces in our physical body. And they do last for days, weeks, months, years, decades, our whole entire life until we can come back to that and to process and, and start to, I don't even like to say heal that because it's not like it it dissolves, but just come to terms a little bit with that. Mm -hmm. I almost see it now as like breathing love into it. You know, you leave it there. It And I am a big advocate of grief doesn't go away. Yeah. It, we learn to incorporate it and integrate it into our life and who we are. We stop running from it or we stop packing it away or whatever we do with it that's maybe not helpful or supportive but everything in the right time. And when we choose to acknowledge our grief at some point in our lives, and for some that comes decades later, um, but when we acknowledge that, okay, grief's here. You know, I always use that analogy of like, grief being in, in the backseat, informing decisions I make and giving me, you know, information, whether that be unhelpful fear or, you know, reminders or, empowerment and things that I really do want but I'm I'm in the driver's seat and I am making the decisions for my life so I bring grief along with me and some days it gets closer and I have practices that I do to work with that not run from it work with it and other days it's quiet and it kind of sits off in the corner and it's just kind of like smile at it and and send it love and keep going. <laughs> what are some of the practices that you like to incorporate? Um, I think 
yoga has been helpful. I'm not a super yogi or very flexible or any of those things that one might imagine if they were to think of yoga, but I have been doing yoga for probably 10, 15 years now on and off. And I just do it from home now most of the time, especially in, in COVID, but I find even 10 or 15 minutes with like a great person on YouTube, or if you have your favorite um, yoga instructor that you're participating with online, um, I think it's that combination of movement and stretch that releases and the breath, right? Mm -hmm really bringing you back into that moment and kind of clearing. That's why I'm starting to get more into breath work myself through you is that um, there is such power in breath and even pausing to take those few moments a day. Another thing I've been doing is um, just in the morning before I even get out of bed, there's no fancy routine to it. I don't make, you know, at this point of the day, I don't have to have the oils going or incense burning or be on a mat or have crystals or whatever it is you do. Um, but I will lay in bed and just put my hand on my chest and hand on my belly and take a few deep breaths and, and smile, make myself smile and just invite in some pleasant, positive, easy, affirmative thoughts, kind of whatever's on top of mind or comes up. And it might be like, even this morning thinking of doing that, I didn't go too deep into it. I literally just thought of the leaves turning green outside and the bird songs that I listened to yesterday and just took a few deep breaths and felt gratitude for that. So that I find very helpful. Simple, right? Like it doesn't have to be just simple, simple things that you can access in bed or free yeah. on YouTube or wherever you have that. The other thing I will share is writing. I found very helpful. It's not for everybody. And I don't call it journaling. You can call it what you want. But I think people get afraid of that, right? When we use some, some language, we have ideas around it. And that was another thing in my early grief that I went to not to heal. And I talk about that all the time. I didn't sit down to start healing and like pull out a journal and write. But I just felt called to communicate. And I couldn't communicate with my son in any other way. And it was so fresh and early that I felt it could feel really painful or strange or uncomfortable to be talking out loud to him. Or, you know, I hadn't figured out what worked and what felt right for me. And so writing was an easy way. And I, I share with people and I've done, you know, a number of writing workshops over the year where I've been participant or hosting and read books on journaling and all these things, kind of some of the theory behind it. But whether you're writing profanity down on a napkin and throwing it out or, you know, sitting down with a pretty piece of paper and doodling or writing your person's name that you've lost down on a sheet of paper and just looking at it for a minute and holding it and feeling love, um, right all the way to sitting and every day reflecting on your day and your thoughts and your feelings and your intentions. I think there really is some um, deep connecting with yourself and what you want in life. And it, it acts as a bridge, I think, to allow our emotions and to make them okay. Cause they're on paper. We're not really judging them in the moment of writing. We're just writing. This is why I so deeply appreciate everything that you do, Alana, and the way the the gentleness and the, the realness about how you share your work and you 
are a guide and a mentor and a healer, truly, truly a healer for other people, because you're just, you're so honest. And it's like, we don't have, then don't call it journaling and just write fuck off on a napkin 20 times. If you, if that's channeling out something that's inside of you, that's truly the goal. Yeah. hundred percent. I say that in our workshops. I, you know, when we have, um, there's a beautiful writing one that plays off of the big themes in the carry with me storybook and allows people it's not a group share back but it allows people in these moments to take a theme like isolation for example and we start by just writing words down and then we go into writing sentences after we have a little bit of a chat and I say the same thing to people like you might just write fuck across the entire page or just scribble like just angry scribble right but there's something that feels good and releases when you do that. And you just get to show up and be messy and like not have to have it be pretty or do or look or be a certain way. Yeah, grief is messy. I can tell you that. And it feels messy. And I joke about that often. I use that word in my, in my posts and things I'm talking about. I'm like, this is messy. I feel messy. I look messy today, like whatever it is, right? Um, and almost now it's come to like a humorous spot for me, less of a, a sadness around the messiness. It's more that acceptance of it, if you will, and saying, yeah, life's messy. And whether it was this or something else, we all go through really, really tough stuff at some point in our life. And our own worst grief is our own worst grief. There's no comparing, there's no grief shaming, no good can come. You can't win anything by having the worst grief in the world. You lose every time. Um, but that just being honest about it and saying, yep, some days it's gonna be messy and that's okay. Just writing that down, I really, that our own worst grief is our own worst grief. Yes. Because I've played with this a lot in my life and in my stories um, in comparing my, in comparing what my loss is and comparing what my grief is, knowing um, my parents lost two children before I was born. And so that like, that like sitting with that and, and, and it's a space that we're in. And I think this is just like one of the reasons too, why I'm so drawn to you in this space of just like, I was immersed in this and this was just, this is a part of what, my, my family's life is yeah. and not that, that I want it to be, or it should be, but that space of saying, and I think for anybody out there listening to us saying like, why, why am I sad about a job loss or a move or a relationship or something? But like, that's your path. And like, that's still worthy and deserving of feeling all the pieces that you're feeling around. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm so sorry that your family went through that. And I, I also find it intriguing. Um, like, I want to know more because, you know, jumping completely off, but as a parent of two other living children now, that's really tough waters to navigate. And from a clinical side, although I'm not a medical profession, I attend a lot of medical conferences or speak at things like that from a parent perspective. And so I'm always learning in that realm. And when I go to these sessions, and I sit in the back and I listen about how parents can essentially screw up living children after losing children. I think, oh my God, is that me? Am I screwing up 
our living children now because of you know being too afraid or being too careful or all the things right um so it's really interesting i wonder if you have any perspectives on that for me yeah if this is a this is not where i'm so glad we're going here this is not at all like what this no. <laughs> we, we said in the beginning like we're gonna fly by our seat of the pants so whatever the hell comes up in a conversation this is where we're gonna go and i truly truly know within my soul that whatever comes up is what somebody needs to hear and so that's why i'm never that's why it just doesn't feel good to be structured um and so shout out to my mom who listens and is like my biggest fan and supporter in life um i just it's 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 been an interesting space as an adult to see what was your normal like what was my life what was my brother's life what was my family's life and that was just, that was my reality, right? Mm -hmm. There, there was no, it just was. And, um, as an adult now I can pull the lens back and say like, oh, like this makes sense. Why we reacted the way we did, why we talked about the things we did, what, like, oh, why they did certain, why they were so caring and protective and why like that it, it's just a different space. Um, and I, and I truthfully can say with 100% in every ounce and being in my body that all of that comes from like all of that lens and that reflection comes from never from a space of like, Oh, like I got fucked up because of this or like my parents screwed up because of this. I was like, wow, like they did the absolute best that they could do in every single moment. And we are a stronger and better and more love. Like I truly believe like there is a level of love that is just a, it's just a different lens of it that comes from like feeling and carrying that loss. And yeah, there was never anything that I was like, Oh, you messed up. Just like, this is just what, like the, my soul dropped down into this universe. And this is what, like, I was here to be an experience. So something is coming up for me that I'm just going to share as well, where this goes, I don't know, but, um, from a breath perspective specifically is that my living children now are still younger, not that young, but, you know, going on preteen and, um, it's going to be 12 and nine this summer. And I would just, I'm a snuggler. I'm an empath. I'm a touchy feely person. People call me that like, oh, there she comes a like touchy hugger person, right? <laughs> so this and, time of uh, this um, last few years or like year and a half, it's not been the easiest time for. Oh, and I'm, you know, don't hate me, but like, I, I forget a lot. <laughs> And I'll like walk into a setting and like give everyone in the room a hug and everyone's looking at me like, did she just lose her mind? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I'm so sorry. But it's fine. That just yeah. yeah. I think love is a powerful medicine, but that's another conversation. Um, I breathe in other people and my children specifically. So what I mean by that is I, when I cuddle them or tuck them in at night or get them up in the morning and snuggle into their bed to get them up, I am like 
completely enveloped in their space and their energy in their whatever you want to call it. And um, when Aiden was really young, Lily wasn't even born yet. And I had seen a shaman actually as part of like a healing opportunity. And he was this incredible man out here. And um, he, he told me this idea of, he said, I was taking on all this stuff and I was giving everything from within me out to the rest of the world. And I was pouring it like a, a vessel from within me out. And what he was trying to teach me is that in the universe and the world, there's energy available all around us. And to actually visualize um, when I'm giving that to people or when I'm receiving it from people, that I'm not sucking it out of them when I'm receiving mm -hmm. and that I'm not pushing it out, out of me everything, that I can take parts of me and pull in this like big wave. Imagine sticking your arms out because you can't see me and I'm doing a lot of hand talking. Imagine sticking your arms out, opening, you know, opening your hands, spreading your finger wide and then pulling up like you're, you know, pulling up these clouds around you and just pulling the energy out from all around you that's free and available and doesn't deplete you to give to others. Building on that analogy, I have that in the back of my mind and I also feel that wasn't an accident and why it just came to me today and felt like I wanted to share it was that anyone going through something like this, whoever your people are, maybe, you're, maybe you have living children, maybe you don't, maybe you have a partner, maybe you have a pet, maybe you have your parent or best friend, is when we have something that's so traumatic and we can feel broken and we can really on some level benefit from that connection with these other people that are our close contacts, um, this idea of I'm careful not to pull it all out of them, right? So that's something I've been trying to be conscious of as a bereaved parent is with my living children. When I am in those moments with them, that I am breathing and I'm, I'm savoring that moment and I am enjoying that moment. But I also have this like conscious awareness where I say in my mind of like, don't take it out of them. Thank you for like having this around them. And then I put it back. Like I, mm. I try to, even if it's just in my mind and um, that's something that feels safe and comforting to me that um, I don't want them to feel. And I know they have, I know they have over times and years. I know I have used them as a crutch when I'm really low or when I'm really down or when I'm really afraid um, I'm human and I feel sad and I feel those broken moments where their love really does pick me up and I don't want them to grow up feeling the weight of being responsible for my happiness, for my joy, for my health, for my wellness. And so as they get older, I try to say to them things like I've shared with them over time that like you, you know, I'll tell Aiden or Lily, like you were mommy's angel and you helped get me through those hard years. And I just want you to know that like, you don't have to make me better or you don't have to make me happy. I just love you. And I love having you in my life. So having those conversations when it's the right time. And even if they're not said out loud, I think even thinking them in the mind and having that intention is just as powerful. I agree. I love that idea of 
of almost exchanging that energy, like letting it come to you and feel it and be in it. And then you send out your love. Like they sent out, they felt safe enough. I do believe that we exchange energy with people who truly, truly like are ready to give it and exchange it. I just feel that that's how energy works. And I just like, I just envision like them, your children sending love in your space and you recycling it and putting your little love touch back on it and then giving it back and just having that free flow and exchange between the two. It's a really beautiful visual. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm like working hard to not be um, overly emotional, um, which is okay because it's part of it, right? It's part of it. Um, how did this space work? How, how did you turn the darkest, heaviest, most unbearable space into a space of resilience, not only for yourself, but then to be able to share that with other people? It, it takes time. And I know that's cliche and it's frustrating, but there is power in, and maybe it isn't even time, but it's space. You know, again, language is a funny thing. Sometimes it's reading between the lines, not finding the right word. That mm-hmm. uh, I joke and I call my, I already discussed this hugging challenge I have, um, but I, I joked in the beginning and I mean, right in the beginning. Two weeks out, I remember another friend went through loss and um, I just wanted to be beamed to her so I could just hold her. And right from the beginning, I said that to Dan and to other people was like, I just wish I could be beamed in to wherever parents were experiencing loss and just hold them, just sit there in silence and just hold them and cry with them and become this official hugger. I was like, is that a, is that a job? Is that like a real- <laughs> That for a living is to be an official hugger. This is my superpower and I would just like to use it as yeah, my profession. Not necessarily in like a chain store greeting fashion. But <laughs> in need. Like when yeah. you really need a hug. Um, and you know what's funny is like, I feel like I do that now. I have navigated my path to a place where I do that. And I didn't see that for years. Um what came out of the writing that I shared earlier was a poem in the beginning that turned into a story that over six years of nurturing and and coming back to and tweaking and needing to be in the, the right place and time in life, needing to believe in myself, needing to trust myself, needing to let go of fear of judgment and all the reasons I shouldn't fit. I made the Carry You With Me storybook. And that was kind of the first big leap, if you will, into this space. It was happening organically where people would know that we had been through that and people would show up on my doorstep or at my office at work or, you know, book a coffee with me to go talk about their child or an experience they had 20 years ago. Um, And then it, it started with the storybook. And from the second I said I was doing that, I knew it was more than that. And I started the community, an online community. Um, And then from there, it just continued to grow over the years and really finding my voice and my offering for the world. Um, I spent a number of years participating on different boards and charities and organizations all around the space of pregnancy, infant and child loss. Um, 
And I love doing that. And I learned so much and I still support those organizations, but now from a distance, because I realized I wasn't giving Carrie you with me the voice it needed. And I had so much to share with the world and I had, had learned so much and I had studied so much. And I really wanted to give myself and my voice an opportunity to help others and heal others directly. So that is what I do now full time um, for the last few years. And it's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster when you're dealing with loss every day, right? I'll, I, my family teases me, you know, my husband will come up at noon now that we're both working from home this last year and I'll be sitting at the table on my laptop bawling. And he's like, is this number one today or number two, like cry sessions. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, but I feel so honored and so blessed and safe and comfortable to work in this space. I think once you've been through hard things, it really feels good to talk about them and not, you know, in different ways for everybody, but to get to hear people's stories, to get their, get to hear their children's names, to get to hear their inner feelings and thoughts. Like that's a huge damn privilege and it's not lost on me. So I was going to ask, I'm glad that you kind of had talked about that is the space of you you live you work you breathe work that's really heavy and in a constant like you're immersed in grief uh, by choice but a lot not only your own but others as well and then let's add on a layer of and now I'm an empath which I think there is part of why you are an empath and you do the work that you do like I think that goes really well but what do you do to protect your own space? Like, what do you do when it's too much? And I've filled up my vessel with everybody else's. Uh, so truth factor first is some days I really fail at that. Yeah. And it feels heavy and I cry a lot and I get frustrated easily over simple things. So that's the honest answer. Mm -hmm. um, things that I know work really well for me that I do most days a good job of as I have scheduled into my day nature that is like a non-negotiable most days unless it's freezing cold here which happens all winter often yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even going outside for 5 10 15 20 minutes something small and nature is incredible it is telling a story all the time and so I think if I go outside and I just listen, whether it's the birds or I look at the leaves or I look at the pond or whatever it is, wherever you are, there's nature everywhere. Whether you're in a city park, a concrete jungle, whether you are in, you know, a beautiful beach setting, wherever it is, I think exposing yourself into nature reminds you really quick that there is a bigger picture. There's a higher view right? I think I also release some of that um, emotional kind of pain or heaviness into nature. And sometimes I'll, you know, touch a tree or whatever and, and ask, like, I'll, I'll actually say, you know, I need to release some of this out, like, please receive it if you're willing, or just take some deep breaths outside and actually imagine myself like blowing out all the steam, if you will, with my breath. And, um, do that. And then I just have some other techniques that um, 
one conversation for me, phoning a friend or talking to a family member to talk through something if I'm feeling heavy, um, movement like we talked about, whether that be yoga or a workout or a run or a bike, whatever it is. And also um, some really simple things with crystals like rocks and gems. And I am not an expert in them by any means, but just having a little bit of a clearing with some sage or with a selenite wand or just placebo or not, whether you believe it or not, yep. when you yep. are working in this space or when you are dealing with these kinds of things, the power you can feel in just cutting that emotional tie, even if you just want to use your hands and do it and use your hands like a, a knife and just slice off anything or shave off anything like I almost think of it as like a tree in bark it's like you're peeling off the bark of the day of whatever you've been holding on to yours or others and you just shed it and um it can feel really releasing and that that helps working in this space yeah it's just that intentionality you're right like placebo not call it crazy call it woo woo call it whatever you're gonna label it like witchcraft fine but in your mind if you feel like whatever hand motion you do or holding whatever rock or sage or a tree, if you feel in your mind that you are letting some of that energy go, you are letting some of that energy go. Yes. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important. It's for all of us too. I just like, that's something that I strongly believe that everybody should have some ways to incorporate that because we're all sucking up our own energy or somebody else's from our day in our life. Mm-hmm. I know that you had mentioned your community, which is free, which is incredible. Just, the, just having those resources available to people who need it is, it's a really beautiful gift. And I know that you also have spaces where you get to go deeper with people too. Yes. Uh, we are launching next month, which I'm so excited for. This community has been through a lot of evolution. I will say that. And we took a chance in moving off Facebook last fall into this beautiful platform that is off traditional social media, but has all of the bells and whistles that it does and a really beautiful um, user-friendly and safer platform I felt. It wasn't just a distraction tool, right? You weren't inundated with all this stuff. And I never felt called. I always had to struggle to bring myself to do the work on the Facebook group. And so anyways, long story, we moved on to a different platform. It still has its own free downloadable app. If you want to stay that connected or, you know, choose to hop on the web version whenever it makes sense. And we're launching the Carry With Me Collective next month, which is going to be I always will have a baseline free community that we have and exist today. And that is very special and near and dear to my heart. Now, what we've done is created a passageway off of that community for a very minimal fee and membership rate monthly, where we can go a bit deeper for people looking who want to want to get more out of the community, want to give more into the community to be all sorts of goodies like exclusive content uh once a month a zoom call for people to get on and chat with each other and talk through different themes we're going to be doing giveaways and access to different products and different um brands out there in this space and also the vision i always had for the community was to be doing workshops to be learning about all sides of ourselves, things that support grief and healing and loss, 
but things that foster love and inspiration and movement and wellness. And so we're starting to do that. Um, we had our first guest speaker last month where we did an unraveling anxiety workshop that went over really well. And we will be having Danielle back in the fall sometime. Um, going to be working with yourself, which is so exciting coming up next month. And so part of the membership will be that you'll get access to participate in these paid workshops for free. So you're really getting, um, all these goodies and the chance to participate in any of these workshops we do monthly at no cost. So there's a lot of things around that and um, stay tuned because there's going to be more to come in the community. So, and that's such a highlight. That's why I just, I, I love the community. I do. It's a community. I love community spaces. I love safe, safe containers. Cause that's really important as well, but where you, because what you offer Alana is yes, the focus is grief and loss. And like, that's, that's unfortunately the driver that people are coming to that space. But what you provide is just tools to help people become just a better human and a better version of themselves alongside of, like you said, like the grief, it's not about pushing the grief away. It's the grief is in the backseat and it's there and sometimes it's louder and sometimes it's quieter and sometimes it's doing its own thing, but I'm still growing and evolving with that space as well and have actual tangible tools to do that for myself. Yes. And that was always important to me that, and I don't want to use the word just because that doesn't feel right either. But if I think of myself, if I just start here and think of then expand that out to the closest network of people that I support or the people that I support most often in different ways. Um, we, we want, I want time to work with my grief and try different things. I don't know what's going to work all the time. Right. And it changes over time, the type of support I want, the frequency, the things I want to access for healing. So there's that, but I also don't want to lose these friends and I don't want to lose the connection to this community. I don't want to lose the opportunity to remember my son and honor my son. All those things when I hit a certain stage, when I hit, hit a certain phase or a certain number of years out, then it's like, okay, well, I, I better move on and move away from all my bereaved parent friends and I better stop doing this or whatever the case may be, right? But it's this idea that this this isn't a constant feed of death. I know that sounds awful, but those places exist. And at the right time, those really work for some people. This community is very different. We talk about and we honor our children all the time. But what we do is we address all areas of life, like you just said. I want to be a full, complete person. And I want to take steps towards my fullness and, and building parts of myself every day for the rest of my life. And so I don't want to have to be forced out of this or nudged out of this community because I'm there. And I can be there for moments, weeks, months, years out of loss. And I can live in that space more often further and further down the line. So that's really what it's all about is, is finding that space where we can nurture all sides of our life. And that's really your, your programs too of different areas and different aspects and all these different tools that you can use 
today and then tomorrow be in a completely different space with yourself and your grief and your, your you as a human life. Um, the Carry With Me program, it's called Navigating Life After Loss for a reason because it's helpful to have some support in navigating life after loss. And it's available all online. And I did that intentionally because I wanted people, we talked about you and I before, grief is not linear. Mm -hmm. It is not linear at all. And neither is this program. I wanted to create something that I wanted to have 10 years ago to help me get through this. It doesn't do the work for you. It doesn't take the pain away. But what it does is I use this analogy of a map in the sense that if you're, if we're both going to the same destination of life, right? At the end of life and that we can choose the roads that we take, we can choose the vehicle that we, or the, the method we choose to get there, whether we're walking or in a car or what kind of car, whatever the case may be. And we can choose the stops along the way that we take. They'll be very different. But if you have a map that shares some of the landmarks along the way that helps inform you of things you might need to pack for your journey, of skills you might want to develop along the way, or road stops that you do want to take, sites you do want to take and see in, that's kind of how I envision this program or describe it to people. It's that each module stands alone. Each module is one big theme from emotional pain to inspiration and everything in between. Um, and the modules are built up of short little films, anywhere from three to 12 minutes long, where you decide in that moment, do I want to learn something about support? Do I want to learn about a relationship in my life? Maybe I'm having a struggle or conflict with a partner or a parent, and I want to go to those videos and learn something about it to help me reflect on my story. Maybe I want to go back to emotional pain. Maybe I'm having a low day and I want to understand some tips and tools for dealing with triggers or to just learn about anger because I'm feeling anger. And then on top of anger, I'm feeling shame because I'm feeling angry and I'm feeling guilt because I'm feeling angry and all those things. So it is built for people to navigate their own way. And then it's gently supported with some accountability and really friendship in we host monthly zoom calls where anyone can hop on there's no homework there's no traditional share circle we don't go around the room and share a story that's also very powerful but that's a different um, approach for the program and we talk about a theme and we just dive right into a theme or have a guest speaker and we work through ideas and strategies and you know there's usually a few tears shed and a heck of a lot of laughs as we get off our chest, whatever was on heavy that week. Hmm. I just, I'm so grateful for you and for the work that you do and, and just the way that you speak of everything in just truth and honesty. And like, Hey, you asked me a question and I'm not going to give you the first nice answer. I'm going to give you the truthful, honest answer. And then I will share with you a, a, an invitation to try something different or do something different. And I just, yeah. Well, thank you. I yeah. Saying that I, I am a horrible liar, so I just don't. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I'm a straight shooter. Don't bring it here. She's a hugger, and she's going to tell you like it is. That is what we need to know. Those are two yeah. key, key, key takeaways. Yeah. Alana, where can everybody find you and connect and just share? Be 
learn, watch? The one direct way is on the website that links out to everything else you could possibly want to know. Um, and is a great starting platform. And that is www.carryyouwithme.com. Um, the other place is I'm quite active on Instagram. And so we have a growing community there all the time. And the handle for that is carryyou.withme. And the U is spelt Y-O-U, like you as the person, not the letter. And all of that will be in the show notes, the direct link. So you guys can just go and click and, and just learn no matter what you're navigating, no matter what loss is, is coming up. There's, there's something for you to take away from all of that. And I just, again, I deeply appreciate you. Thank you, Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.